Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of It's a Lot with Abby Chatfield. I'm glad a lot of you liked last week's episode about eating ass. I got a few DMs as requested from some of you saying that, you know, you ate your partner's ass for the first time. Oh, you got your ass eaten for the first time and you truly enjoyed it either way. And I'm really glad that I could contribute to your sex lives a little bit more um, than I usually do. Um, so again, this week's going to be a solo episode because I'm in an Airbnb and also I quite like the solo episodes right now. I'm finding it harder and harder to find guests that I really, really, really want on the show. I don't, so here's the issue. I'm not an interviewer. I'm not a good interviewer either. I think if there's a topic that I'm really passionate about, I love having someone on, but I'm not a very good interviewer. You know, I'm not, I'm not, um, Oprah Winfrey. You know what I mean? I'm not there. I'm not getting out their stories. I also, you know, I don't particularly like myself listening to just straight up interviews. I like listening to conversations. So like I wouldn't listen to any of my own interviews with me. So that makes sense. So I find it hard. And I know a lot of people do like interviews a lot, but I'm just not very good at it. I don't think I don't think what I can offer is different to what someone else can offer. Like the shameless girls do amazing in conversations. You know what I mean? Like they kill it. Abby, not so much. Um, so what I'm going to do is, again, as always, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, I really like having, um, you know, listeners on because I feel as though you would have stories that are really interesting. But if you have a topic you want to talk about, a topic you love speaking about, um, something that's happened to you, um, if you have a certain, if you've come out of something really hard, if you've gone through a divorce or you've had something awful happen to you and you either have made a career out of it or you've done something extraordinary because of it, um, please email a video uh, to hello at itslotpodcast.com because I do want to have more uh, listeners on. Um and yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of struggling at the moment. I have a lot of people asking to be on the podcast and I just don't, I just, I don't know. I, unless I'm super excited about it, I don't want to do it. Uh, so yeah, if all you have any suggestions of people that you really, really, really want to hear from, email me hello at It's a Lot Podcast as well, because if there's a lot to double up, then I'll do it. Um, and I'm sure I'll find something interesting, but I just don't want to release shit just to release shit, if that makes sense. Um, so today I'm going to talk about something that really fucking pissed me off. Surprise, surprise. And I posted on my Instagram story and it was a certain, it was a certain DM. It was a fucking DM. And it was from someone who replied to my story talking about, um, how much of a horny slut that I am because actually have a story for this as well. So I, ever since being on The Bachelor, I get lots and lots of uh, DMs and some emails as well uh, from people saying that, oh, I really didn't like you on The Bachelor. I thought you were a horny, manipulative slut, but now I really like you. And I'm like, I don't really know why you've sent me that. And you've also missed the point. Sometimes there's things that are like, um, 
So, okay, so there's two, a few different types of messages that I get. And one of them is like, yeah, I thought you were a horny when you put this up and I realized that you're not, therefore I like you, which is my least favorite. Then there's some that are like, I was tricked by the show and tricked by the media and now you've made me realize how wrong it is to, um, how wrong it is to not like a woman because she's sexual and they're my favorite. So do you see the difference there? It's like, I've realized the reason why I liked you wasn't valid rather than I've realized they were wrong and I still don't like people that are slutty, quote unquote. I hate that word, but whatever. Um, so that is the the difference. I was posting about that and I was saying how, like, the point is that I am a horny slut and should, you should like me and respect me regardless of whether or not I like having sex with people and whether or not I like talking about sex. Um you know, at the end of the day, to me, I don't know if I said this before, but sex to me is is play. It's just play to me. Like people people have different ways of um, experiencing sex and all the different ways are completely valid. Like some people see sex as a really, really emotional thing and that's great and that's lovely. Um, and some people don't, don't want sex at all if you're asexual. Some people want to have lots of sex and see it as a very, as like an add-on. And that's me. I, I, I could have sex with the same person every day and not have feelings for them. Um, or I could have, I could have feelings with someone and, and fuck them every so often when I feel like it, like it's, it's, it's a different thing for me. It's like a play for me. It's like fun. Um, it, there's not so much attachment to it for me, but you know, so I was talking about that and my stories and blah, 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 blah. And this person responded to my stories and it was a fucking mansplain of a bloody, it was a mansplain of a message. And it went like, hi, Abby, I have a question. And I don't mean to prod and poke or cause an argument. I'm just genuinely curious on your thoughts. Okay. So when someone starts a message like that, I always know it's going to be a dickhead because I think why are you prefacing this with that? If you if if your intention is going to be clear throughout the message, there's no need to be like, I don't want to start an argument. And then the issue with that as well is it if you do respond in an aggressive way, which I did to this message, if you do respond in an aggressive way, then you're the one side in the argument. So it's like, I don't want to start anything. I'm super chill. I just have an opinion. I just want to share it with you. And meh, meh, meh. Conservatives do this a lot where they go, I don't want to start an opinion, but like, Black Lives Matter? Question mark. And it's like, you are you are starting a fight. You are what the fuck? What the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, so I don't want to cause an argument. I'm super chill. And if you retaliate in any way by being annoyed by what I said, you're the crazy one. You're the aggressive one. And you're the one that is starting this argument. Because I've already said that I don't want to start an argument. Even though you know full well that what you're about to say is so dickish. You're a fucking dickhead. All right, let's fucking get going then. All right, next one. <laughs> if you were to dress modestly and not speak with vulgarity, fuck off, can't. Uh, this would not demand respect from people. Sorry, would this not demand respect from people? No, it simply fucking wouldn't. Why the fuck do we equate respect with someone who doesn't swear, who doesn't use words that are in the fucking English language or whatever fucking language we're speaking? Every language is swear words. Swear words help me be passionate. It's easy. It makes it, I, I honestly think it's funny. It makes it, it makes things funnier when you go, what the fuck? Like, I think I, that's the way my brain works. 
my sense of humor works. I'm allowed to swear whenever I want to fucking swear. Obviously, I'm not going to go into a fucking interview. There's a time and a place. I'm going to a job interview and go, hi, you fucking cunt. Like, obviously, I'm not going to do that. But when if I want to swear for a story or for humor or because I'm angry, I should be allowed to use utilize those words that are in the English language. I should be allowed to – why do we have things that are off limits? If I shouldn't say – if I shouldn't swear, why are they there? Why do we have those words? Why are they off limits? What the actual fuck? What the actual fuck, me, just swearing while getting mad about this? That, it makes no sense. If it's common vernacular – and it helps us express emotions. Why I'm not allowed to use it? Because why? And also, I can almost guarantee this person's a man. I can almost guarantee this person would not be saying this to a man. So you're speaking with vulgarity. It's like when you're. Oh my god! I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this. It's like when you're in a meeting, and if you work in a male-dominated industry, like I used to, I used to work in commercial real estate. For those who don't know, um, which some of you actually might know, because. I've been doing this for a while now, so it may be, it won't be known to you, but yeah, I used to work in commercial real estate as an analyst in, um, we used to, our team used to sell pubs and hotels and I would have meetings with pub owners and hotel owners and hospitality, you know, very like blokey blokes that own like regional pubs and they'd swear and they go, yeah, fucking, and obviously I don't give a fuck if you swear cunt. And like, oh, sorry, darling. As though my ears were so precious that I couldn't handle hearing the word fuck. As though I'm not an adult woman who understands that swear words exist. Also, as though I don't use swear words. As though, as though because I'm a lady, I don't use them. They're off limits to me. Men are allowed to use them. But men, men hold them from us so fucking aggressively they can't even say them in front of us in case we find out they exist. <laughs> Ooh, it's like a secret way. Like we fall. Ooh, and we're gonna we're gonna find out swear words exist. Ooh, spooky. Like I know that the word fuck exists, mate. Like it it it's like it's like gatekeeping curse words. Why am I not allowed to use the word fuck? Why am I allowed to even hear the word fuck? Because my ears are gonna start bleeding from a swear word. You don't have that much power, sir. Your voice doesn't have that much power. I don't care what you're saying. And to be quite frank, I'm not listening to what you're saying either. So I don't care what you're saying in this stupid fucking meeting because you're probably just mansplaining something to me anyway. You fuck. Fucking men in fucking male-dominated industries. Fucking. So please DM me if you can relate to that of men going, sorry, darling. Oh, sorry. oh God, I swore in front of you. Swearing seems to be only allowed for men and we think it's, you know, as it, as it is, like funny and like, comical and adds a bit of spice uh, when a man's saying a swear word, but when a woman's saying it, it's like, oh, God, oh, my God, she's not a lady. Um, also, if you were to dress modestly, um, here's the thing with modest, quote-unquote modest dressing as well, unless it's for a religious aspect, but let's say, just say in the context this person is wanting me to dress modestly because I don't have any religious affiliations that I have that I think, oh, I should cover this part of my body. So me dressing modestly, at what point is it modest? This is what I always wonder. Like at what point are you going to stop raping us? At what point are you going to start respecting us? If I have my knees covered, but then my ankles and legs are showing. Is it if I'm wearing, I can't wear pants, you can see the outline of my legs. So pants are out of the question. Is it if I wear 
a, a knee length skirt? Is that, are the shins okay? Do I have to wear covered shoes on my feet? Because we all know men love foot pics. And my feet, my hideous hoofs, are they, are they able to be shown? Can I wear thongs or no? Like, are my shoulders too much? If I wear a high neck, if I wear one of those turtleneck vests with the sleeves cut off, am I, is that modestly enough or does it have to be long sleeve? But then when it's, it's skin tight. So do I have to wear flowy stuff? Like this is, this is I, where, at what point do you consider me dressing modestly? Also, I'm sure for people out there that have giant titties, big old titties, you know, dressing quote unquote modestly is near fucking impossible. And it makes you look frumpy. It makes you look frumpy. If you're wearing like, like I, I used to have um, bigger boobs than I do now. And I used to be a little bit bigger um, before I got anxiety. Um, but so like, I understand that if you wear like a high neck baggy, those like, uh, what are they fucking called? Baby doll? No, that's not baby doll. Anyway, it's like, it's like just drops. It's like a loose top that just drops. A, you can't, wear, you have to wear a bra and the bra will make your boobs sit up even more so. And then just like a tent and it's not very flattering. It isn't very fun. And also you, you're restricted to one, wearing one thing your entire life. Whereas if you have, you know, if you're like thin or have like small boobs or have like a less quote unquote sexual body, which none of us can fucking decide, but in this person's mind, I'm sure, Big titties equals whore. <laughs> That's the title of the episode, Big Titties Equals Whore, which is true. There are women who are, are, are have not are people who have small boobs who can wear whatever the fuck they want in the regards to tops because it isn't sexualized. Like I literally was like slut shamed all throughout primary school when I was from age 10 because I had C cup boobs in grade 10. Sorry, when I was 10 in grade 5. And I was constantly told by, you know, staff that I had to wear a rash shirt in the pool because I had a bad boobs and it was distracting. I had to wear longer skirts at school, even though all the other girls wore skirts that were the same length as mine, but I had to wear longer skirts. I never did it. Mum never did it. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not going to. Why the fuck? Beth over there is wearing a mini skirt. Why can't I wear a mini skirt? Why do I have to wear? Like, that's so fucked because my body's different to hers. So I think when it comes to, this person require me to dress modestly. What the fuck do you want? Is there a different, do you want, do you want all women to, to dress the exact same? Should we get a uniform? Should we get handmaid's tail up in this bitch? Fuck off. I know if I, if I did dress modestly and speak and not speak with vulgarity, would this, it wouldn't demand respect because men don't respect women as a core. I think now more so than ever, do we get respect from, from men but let's go back to when you think we're interesting modesty. Let's go to the, the stereotypical 1950s. Let's do Stepford Wife energy. Let's do my hair's pinned, my hair's curled. I've got an A-line dress on. I don't speak. The men have their cigars in the room after I finish making them dinner and cleaning up after them. They still would treat me with no respect because then I wouldn't be my own woman. Do you see? It's like we can't win either way. If we speak out and if we speak aggressively about what we think about and if we dress however the fuck we want to dress, then we're not sticking to the status quo and we're vulgar and we're disgusting and we're not modest enough. But if we don't say what we want to say, then we're pushed down and we're weak and they don't respect you as a person. I see you as just an object, as just a background noise rather than being an actual fucking person because, well, why would I respect someone who doesn't speak their truth? Do you see that there's this fucking, there's this, we can't win. It's catch 22. If we are, if we are quiet and if we dress modestly, 
we are we're succumbing to the power of the patriarchy and if we are loud and try to resist that then well why aren't you doing what we say why aren't you why aren't you being who we want you to be because you don't want us to be that you don't want us to exist at all wow anger <laughs> well i'm getting very angry lately aren't i yeah it's fun okay also danny danny clayton wanted to be with me for this but um we were too hungover yesterday <laughs> to record and i feel like he would be calming me down right now so i'm sorry daniel if you're listening uh uh we can talk about this over dinner um okay also up to up to sentence two (laughs) me so angry i know personally oh oh god it hurts it hurts it hurts it hurts hurts. i know oh my god i'm so angry (sighs) i know personally a lot of guys for example that only see girls for what they are on the outside, not on the inside. Okay. So the men that you know as sexist pigs who objectify women, that's not fucking women's fault, you dickhead. How the fuck is that my problem? Oh, it's not. It's not, is it? No. Moving on. As a result, many of these girls feel used and unappreciated for what they have on the inside. Yeah? Okay, because of the way that men are seeing women, not the way that women are dressing. How the fuck are you reading it this way? I'll continue. I feel if girls dress in skimpy outfits, they are only going to attract the boys that use them solely for sexual gratification What the fuck are you fucking talking about? What the actual fuck is going on in your fucking, oh my God. I'm going to finish this and I'm going to respond because I'm getting every sentence is creating a fiery anger inside of me. This will end women feeling empty and, and again, used, not empowered or respected. However, if dressed modestly, if dressed modestly, (laughs) if girl no want rape, why not dress modestly? Men will be forced to find attraction in a woman's intellect and character before their physical appearances. I know this is quite contrary to what you're preaching, so I'd like to know how you think men will respect women who want to flaunt their physical assets rather than intellectual ones. What the fuck are you talking about? What the actual, like, I'm just going to have a break and calm down. All right, I'm back. I actually had to have like a glass of water. So what you're saying is if women are physically appealing, despite, despite the patriarchy making us feel from birth that our only value is how we look. From the time we're, we're little girls, we are told we look, our only value is being pretty and being princesses and being an object of affection. All the movies we watch, all of the Barbie dolls we have, all the toys we get, all the compliments we get from adults are always, aren't you pretty? To the point where I now try to not tell little girls to look pretty because I don't want them to think that's all their value is. I'm sure a lot of you are the same. I think it's changing now. I think there's a lot of change now in the media. It's not perfect, but I think when I was a little girl, I was born in 1995, and I think there's this whole notion from when you're born that a lot of your value, if not all of your value, is on how you look. So you're saying... <laughs> That because men, because men lack, well, the men that you know, I don't think this is true for all men at all. Get fucked. 
and you will never hear me say not all men until this fucking moment. Like this is how angry this has gotten me. Not all men are as daft as you. Not all men lack the emotional intelligence as you and your friends do. Not all fucking men are piggish and disgusting. The men that I have dated, like the way that I looked like, yeah, like, oh, she's, you're so hot. But the reason why we've dated is because we've had similar interests in like, in like us politics or like, they were talking about feminism, have debates about things that, that we care about. They're not like, oh, sick titties, I'm going to fuck you for a few years. <laughs> like, what? No one dating someone is dating them because they're hot. Like, no one. <laughs> oh, I'm convinced this person's been single their entire life. I don't understand how a relationship functions or even how, like, a friends with benefits, like a fuck buddy thing functions, really. Like, if you're fucking someone and all you do is fuck, that's great and iconic. And, like, I've had that before as well where you, like, come over and be inside me. They're like, okay, and then they come over and they fuck you and they leave. But... More than more often than not, if you're fucking someone regularly, you like them as a person to a certain degree. Unless it's one of those things where it's like a hate fuck, which is equally as fun. But you know. So because we've been taught from being being little girls that our entire value comes in how we look, we a lot of us spend a lot of time and energy um on trying to look a certain way, trying to look quote unquote conventionally attractive or trying to be attractive in how we how we feel is the best look for us. You know what I mean? So we spend a lot of time and effort trying to be appealing to whether it's ourselves or to our friends or to uh, the gender that we're interested in. But there's a lot of there's a lot of focus for women uh, to be physically attractive. So now you're saying we've begged and begged and begged for women to just be physically attractive and to be quiet and sit in the corner and be pretty, which is what you're asking as well. You're asking me to be quiet as well. So you want me to be quiet and now suddenly you want me to be unattractive because you don't have the brain capacity to see me for beyond how I look. There are a lot of fucking beautiful women in the world. There are, I'm not sure if men realize this or there's people that think this way. Do you understand when I go to a bar how many beautiful women there are, like how many stunning fucking women there are and how different they all look and how different their brains are? You know how I know that? Because I speak to them and I speak to my friends and I think I hear what they think and I hear what they have to say because I see them as more than beautiful. I think you're beautiful, but you know what? More importantly, you're fucking smart or like you're so funny or you're a genuinely good person because I see women as more than objects. I don't see a woman's physical appearance and see and say, oh, well, she's, you know, wow, how pathetic. All she wants is male attention. Not everything is for you. Actually, most things are not for you. When I try to look hot for a Friday night dinner, I look hot for myself. I get dressed up for myself. I get dressed up for my friends, for maybe like a compliment from a waitress. That's the peak. That's the peak. Everyone knows at the peak when they go, I love your outfit. And you go, stop it. Stop it. And if men hit on me, they fucking hit on me. But if anything, men hitting on me and men finding me attractive is more of a hindrance to my night. I don't think I've gone out and been like, all I want is for a man to hit on me since I was like 18. <laughs> if men even like... I don't go out to meet men. I, I simply don't. Sometimes I do and it's like I do meet men and I have sex with them and it's great. But that's the whole purpose of why I dress the way that I dress. Not everything is for you. Most things are not for you. Fuck you. Also saying, so so you want us to, to, to dress modestly so that people like you, you're saying, oh, 
So he says, oh, you know, the people, the people that are going to dress, who are going to like you for dressing in a skimpy way aren't the right people. So you want what, as opposed to you? <laughs> oh, thank God. Now I know how to attract you and I'll be doing the exact fucking opposite. I'm going to wear a fucking see-through, that Rihanna dress that I'm on out everywhere that I go, my nipples out because fuck you. And I'm going to speak how I want to speak and I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to be as aggressive as I want to be. Also, the fact that we have to say this is the wording, men will be forced to find attraction in a woman's intellect and character before their physical appearance. Why would I want to be with a man who is forced to be interested in my intellect and my character, who's forced because I've had to distract them away from the thing that they've been begging for their entire lives. You beg for us to be physically appealing, then when we do it, you go, but I can't see past that. I'm confused. Oh, you have a brain? You have a brain and titties? What? A combination unheard of. Shut the fuck up. How do you think men will respect women who only want to thwart their physical assets rather than, hey, again, women who who dress uh, in, in a sexual way aren't only flaunting their physical assets. They just like dressing and looking that way, whatever fucking way it is. They enjoy dressing in a skimpy outfit or in a modest outfit. They enjoy wearing the clothes they want to fucking wear. It's not about them trying to distract from their intellect. I think as well, a lot of um, this was kind of like a common thought. I I think a lot of young men have is that oh she's hot so she must be smart. Like she's trying to distract us from the fact she's dumb. Like she's a fucking dumber. No, women. We've we've been taught. We've been taught like uh, we've been trained from when we're young how to dress and how to do makeup. And how, I I don't think a lot of us realize this, but like, and those that are like makeup. Um, oh, fuck, they were like makeup. You, you could like do their hair and put like makeup on like a little mannequin. Um, I don't know if you had these when you're little. I know I've just imagined it, but I swear I had this when I was little and you could like do its hair and like ponytails or whatever. You could do its makeup. Also doing dancing when I was little. I'm sure a lot of dancers can relate. That's how I learned to do makeup. I've learned how to do makeup since I was 10 years old. I've been trained for this since I was fucking 10 years old. And we can debate whether that's a good or a bad thing, but this is, how I'm taught to function. Moreover, if I was to wear no makeup one day to work, when I used to work a nine to five, people would say, oh, you look a bit sick. Oh, are you okay? You look tired. A lot of brands also have compulsory uh, guidelines for what makeup you can wear. I know a lot of airlines have like heavy makeup, which again, we can debate the the validity of that. I think it's kind of fucking bullshit, but we can, you know, we can chat about how we feel about that, that leads back to the optics of women being just pretty and, and pretty pattering along and bringing you your, your glass of water when you're in business class, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. Um, but so we have been taught, we've been trained to uh, be physically appealing and be physically appealing uh, to the whole world, not just men. <laughs> and now a lot of us, I think, in modern day society are not doing it for men whatsoever, but I think the 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 basis of what we think will make us feel good is still based in uh, the male gaze. So that makes sense. So I don't think I don't think very many people, if anyone, is really going out being like, "Oh, I'll look hot for this man." I think we're thinking this is how I feel like I look good. I look great. I love this. This is from like, you know, YouTube trends or TikTok trends or or trends, fashion trends, whatever. 
makeup, hair, everything. Celebrities were trying to imitate them. But those ideals are still based in patriarchal gaze. So this is why I think men get confused and think it's for them because it's what it has been for them in the past, but now it's not. But we're still working towards, and there is more individualization right now. Like when you see on TikTok, they're an, they're amazing fucking makeup artists. They really have their own style. Like I love my TikTok feed. I think it's fucking incredible. Um, but there's still this core foundation of like, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, dewy skin, um, this like very white centric, like, oh, my hair's like straight. I have blonde hair, blue eyes, big tits. And I'm like, I'm like uh, Anna Nicole Smith. That kind of thing still exists partly because some people simply look like that. And then men take that as, oh, it's all for me. No, it's fucking not Derek. It's fucking not. There's much more diversity on um, my Instagram feed, my TikTok feed now than there ever fucking has been before. And that's been fucking fantastic. Uh, and I think it is making some men question, like, maybe it wasn't for me all along. But unfortunately, people like this Francis person who messaged me, although it could be a woman, I would take Francis as a man. I'm going to say it's a man, sh- fucking surely. If it's a woman, she needs to go to internalised misogyny rehab. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, so I just, th- this is something that really fucking pisses me off. When we're forced to be, we're forced to be physically appealing and we're trained, we are literally trained from fucking birth to be the stereotypical attractive, I'm using quotation marks in my hands right now, the stereotypical attractive version of a woman, playboy energy and Nicole Smith energy. And when we do it, when we try to do it, then men say, what are you doing? What are you doing? It also comes down to them not wanting us to own our own bodies or having want to have consent. So if I say, oh, this is for me, not for you, they go, what the fuck? No, can you go back to being a little plain Jane, quote unquote, plain Jane in the corner? Can you please go back? Can you be, be modest, please? Be quiet, please. Don't have power in this. And when you meet men, if you have a boyfriend uh, or even a male friend or a brother, someone in your life who is telling you that you don't, that you can't wear certain things or you shouldn't do certain things or you're being overly sexual and you shouldn't swear. Um, if it's your brother, obviously you can't drop them, but if it's your boyfriend, fucking break up with him because they're intimidated by your power and your sexuality and your, and your strength. And they're also intimidated that they're insecure little people is what it is. They're insecure children if they get intimidated by you wearing a certain thing. I could literally, like, I could literally wear, go out, like, topless and, like, paint love hearts on my nipples and, my and like, wear, like, a little G-string. And I feel like I could go to dinner with Danny and he'd be like, yeah, you look hot. <laughs> he'd be like, oh, is this what you're going to wear? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay, cool. You look good. <laughs> like, like, like. I'm only saying Danny because he's like the only like male in my life right now. But you know what I mean? Like, and my girlfriends be the same. And I'm sure like my best friend's boyfriend would be the fucking same. They'd be like, is this what you're wearing? I'd be like, yeah, it's my new thing. And they'd be like, okay, cool. Let's go. Are you going to be cold though? You want to bring a jacket? I'd be like, nah. They'd be like, okay, cool. You'll go that later. And they make fun of me for being cold later on. It wouldn't be an issue of why your titty's showing, bitch. I fucking went and got, I tried an, actually, I tried an address yesterday. This is a perfect example. Fucking perfect example. I tried an address yesterday and I called Danny to come down and like 
see if I if he liked it because I was like I don't know if I love it and I either it's one of those dresses that I was like I either love this or I hate this and I can't decide and it was a nude long story short turned into yellow and so because the yellow is a prettier color than the nude and you could see my nipples entirely like you could it was like you know when it stretches over your nips and I have like kind of dark nipples so you could just see the whole nip situation and Danny and his friend Lilith came down and I was like am I nip like I can't wear this out and they were like yeah you fucking can and I was like, I can't though. And Danny's like, yes, you can. You look so good. And they were like encouraging me to buy this dress and my nipples were hanging out. And honestly, if it's not that, I don't want it. If I don't have friendships like that, I don't want it. And you should stand by that as well. This has come down to like a bit of like an advice moment, but that's that. I'm very fucking angry about it. Let me know if I DM what you think. I'm sure there are so many more reasons as to why this person's a dickhead. So please unpack it with me. Um, you know, let's just remind, let's just remember that. Remember, wow, can't speak. So hyped up on coffee and anger. Let's just remember in the 1950s and before that, there were still women who were getting treated like shit, if not more so. We weren't respected and raped and killed. So let's just keep that in mind. All right, time for some advice questions. Love you. And I'm back. So I also wanted to, before I get into one little advice question, talk about this TikTok that I saw uh, the other day. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to play it here. If your boyfriend wants to go skydiving for his birthday and like the supportive girlfriend you are, you agree to it and don't complain a single time, even though you have a massive fear of heights and you hate flying and he knows both of his information. So you guys drive three and a half hours away to a facility where you can skydive. And when you get there, they make you take this informative class about how when you skydive for the first time, which by the way, both me and him were skydiving for the first time, you have to tandem jump. And tandem jump means that you attach to a professional so that when you jump out of the plane, the professional got you. You don't have to do any work. You literally just go along for the jump. Okay, so we sign our lives away on a contract after taking the class. We attach to our professionals, go up in the air and jump out of the plane at 50,000 feet in the air, which is traumatizing, by the way. But you still do not complain once after the jump. You guys get in the car. Your boyfriend's not talking to you. You're like, uh, hello. What, what, what's the problem? Happy birthday. And he's like, I just can't believe you were attached to another man while you were jumping out of the plane. Dude. <laughs> so this this girl has gotten her boyfriend a skydiving, I don't know, if, is it a lesson? I don't know, situation. She's gone skydiving with him. Doesn't want to at all. This is literally like I, skydiving to me would rather die. Would rather die. Would rather, like, the, the, I'm in the same position as her with this, right? Like, I can imagine the fear, the terrifying, even me being in a helicopter makes me feel like fucking ill. Um, so she's done that. She's paid for it for his birthday. She's organized it. Obviously, when you go skydiving, you have to be attached to another man. And her boyfriend is pissed at her and is now punishing her for being strapped to another man. This is going to be a little short rant, but if you are dating anybody like this who gets mad at you for talking to a bartender, to being nice to a male waiter, um, who gets upset uh, if you indeed do go tandem skydiving, who gets mad if you have male friends, who gets mad if you, who tells you to delete the man off your Snapchat or whatever the fuck, Instagram, unfollow all the men on Instagram, fucking dump him. The most dangerous person to be with is someone who's insecure. 
Why? Because they're trying to get the power back by doing ridiculous shit like this. That's controlling. That's insane. This will only escalate from there. I'm not trying to be funny. That is genuinely fucking horrifying that she essentially risked her life and risked a panic attack doing something very, very hard for her boyfriend's birthday, knowing how, and he would have known how hard it was for her. And he's then gone, I can't believe you touched another man. That is so fucked. If I ever did anyone that was like anyone being remotely insecure about other men, obviously unless I'm like openly flirting with them at a party, you know what I mean? But I mean like talking to their male friends or getting along with their friends or, or talking to a, a, a someone work doing their fucking job. It's fucked. And this also goes for uh, if you're, uh, if there's a girl doing this, I think there's this whole thing that I have, I take a lot of issue with when it comes to, it's usually like late teen, early twenties, uh, women, unfortunately, where, because we've not been taught how to express our emotions properly when it comes to how we feel about many other girls and we see all women as competition instead of being like, Hey babe, you know, when I feel uncomfortable uh, with your, let's say, let's say someone has like a, they have a group of really close girlfriends. Someone that you're dating has a closer, a lot of their friends are women. I see that as a huge positive because I'm like, yes, female energy. Yes. You love women for people, not just as sex objects. Yes. Women trust you. Yes. You take care of women. Fuck yeah. But some people will see that as, um, intimidating and like you need to cut all your your female friends off. It's a huge red flag. It's a huge red flag. I've heard friends of mine when I was younger say that people that I'm dating, having a female best friend is a red flag. Simply fucking not. (laughs) It's really not. In fact, it's, it's, it's a, it's quite a giant fucking green flag. Um, unless they're doing something a bit naughty, naughty, but like, you know, unless they're like, Oh, I had sleepovers with them. Then you're like, (laughs) but you know, having close to our friends is a, is a green flag. I think there's this weird thing where it's like Cupid psycho. And I'm like, I'm doing a peace sign right now, but it's not fucking funny. It's not entertaining. It's not cute to say you have to cut off all your female friends. You have to unfollow all your female. That's not cute. If you're doing this and you think it's okay to tell someone that you're dating to unfollow people that they're attracted to, like the gender that they're attracted to, I mean, you need to break up with that person and work on your own insecurities because this can get dangerous and out of control. And I don't mean necessarily physically dangerous, which it could, but I I mean, it could. Someone doing that, here we go. Someone unfollowing, say if you're a woman dating a man and you say, can you please unfollow all the girls in your life and can you cut off all your female friendships? If they do that, they're either like scared of you that you're going to leave them and they're succumbing to your women. And also you're being babied a bit. You're not being forced to confront uncomfortable emotions. What you need to do is go to fucking therapy as per every recommendation I ever have, or have a conversation with them and talk about your insecurities and why you're insecure about these people. It isn't because you just want your man. It's because you're insecure. You're fucking insecure. And if this girl's boyfriend is saying those things, he's insecure. You don't own another person. If someone's going to have a female friend and they're going to leave you for them, they're going to leave you for them. I'm sorry. That's what's going to happen. You cutting them off isn't going to help anyone except for yourself momentarily, but in the long run, it actually won't because you won't develop as a person. You won't emotionally progress as a human. You won't be able to be like a fully 
developed person by the time you're 30. If you stay in that relationship for 10 years and you're 30 and you spent 10 years with your your partner babying you and succumbing to every whim that you have, then you're just going to be in the same emotional developmental stage that you were when you were 20. You'd have someone that's going to push you and be like, hey, I totally see and see your trauma, support it, but also try and get you out of that space and retrain your brain to not be so insecure and jealous and be like, you need to trust me because trusting someone is much more valuable than controlling someone. You know, being able to trust your boyfriend or your partner is much more satisfying than being able to control them. And being like, well, I know he's not talking to other girls, not because I trust him, but because I blocked all the girls from me. Like, who the fuck wants that? Because I banned him from going tandem skydiving. All right. So that was an, uh, an interesting TikTok. And I think it really does speak to a lot of relationships that I see where it's not close friends of mine because I wouldn't be friends with someone who would do that to their partner and get mad at their partner. for. Do- if, if, if my friend told me, Oh, I was I was dating this guy, and then, and then I made him unfollow all the girls on his Instagram. I'd be like, "Do you, wh- where does that insecurity come from? Like, what like what's going on here that you feel that he can't look at women on Instagram? It's fucking crazy. It's similar to um when and a lot of you might disagree with this. I get a lot of DMs and emails about this actually, so I might answer it now about your boyfriend watching porn or subscribing to OnlyFans. If you have an issue with that, that's totally fine and you need to be able to express that in a calm way, but do not ban your boyfriend from watching porn. It's always it's always straight relationships as well. It's always like this mis- it's a weird misunderstanding, miscommunication. Like, hey, my boyfriend watches porn. I'm like, why? If you don't like to watch porn and you don't get porn and you have, you know, it's different when it's like an ethical reason that you feel like, you know, Pornhub is unethical and, uh, you know, if there's if there's that reason, obviously you are just well versed in in porn and you understand it, and you aren't trying to say that they're cheating on you. But if you if you find someone watching porn is cheating, I mean that's a boundary that you have. But I think it's really unreasonable to not want someone to have pleasure and not want someone to be able to make themselves come watching someone else watching something else. If you're trying to then control their thoughts and their desires, sometimes. You want to watch porn that isn't something that you actually want to do. You're just like, oh, this is really fucked up. Let me let me watch this. And you watch it and you come and you're like, ugh. They didn't actually want to do it. So how are they supposed to express that desire with you if they don't actually want to do it IRL? They just want to watch someone else do it. Does that make sense? I also would I I would also dare to um presume that if you are gonna if you don't like your partner watching porn, you aren't gonna listen to their sexual desires. They might have a kink that they don't want to tell you or have told you and you don't want to do, which is so fine. You don't have to do anything you don't want to in the bedroom, but that's their outlet. You can't just stop someone from having a kink or having a certain thing they want to do. All right. We've got one Q and a question that I found very, very interesting. Let me get it up. This one is really interesting in that it was I think it's something that we as women are scared to talk about. It is about money. It's about your partner earning money and how much money you want your partner to earn. Um, And I think, you know, I'll just read it out. I'll just read it out. Okay. Hey, Abby, my boyfriend and I have been together for about four and a half years now, and we've been through a lot together, family breakups, long distance, et cetera. 
We have a few issues that we're still working through to make sure we're end game and happy and healthy before we decide to get married and have kids in our 30s in a few years time. But what I'm really looking for help on is our jobs careers. I've decided studying my master's as well as working full time in a high pressure white collar job to progress my financial career, sorry, professional career. However, he works as a barista full time and doesn't seem to have any active intentions to progress for any other career. There's nothing wrong with working hospitality. I did it all throughout uni. I'm just more worried that he won't ever progress or make more money than what he is now. He stopped his uni studies and moved to Australia a few years ago and has always used that as an excuse to not pursue anything further than hospitality. I don't think he's lazy. I know he always gives 100% to his job and that he's good at it. Super personable and has been promoted to manager. However, I am concerned, though he may never bring in more than minimal wage the rest of our lives if he never has long to have a big career. This is something that I've learned is actually really, really important to me in a partner over the past six or 12 months. We got together when we were 20 uh, and now we're 24. I've tried to talk to him about it. He speaks as though he will have a successful career one day but doesn't actually discuss how he will get there and just brushes it off. I genuinely get really worried about our future and that he won't be able to provide his bit financially to our future family or that he will never get that drive to pursue something greater than what he's already doing. Am I a dickhead for having this worry or is seeking financial stability and a drive for a career and partner healthy? Context to add to, and I knew this was coming before I even finished reading it, I already have issues about financial instability due to previous family trauma and his whole family is tertiary educated and works in white collar roles. There it fucking is. Okay, so I think when it comes to money in a relationship, it's super tricky, obviously. Um, first and foremost, I don't want to say like I, I want to talk about you in a little bit, but his, his career. When it comes to HOSPO, HOSPO isn't always going to be minimum wage. If he's already a manager, he's 24. Um, when I used to work on hospitality, the general managers get like 100 grand a year. Like that, like you can earn money in hospitality. If you also get enough money behind you in hospital, you can open up your own cafe or restaurant or burger joint, whatever you want to do, you can do that and you can earn a lot of money and you can, a lot of successful like hotel group owners started off as like a barista and like killing it as a barista. So I think to, um, I understand where the anxiety comes from. But I know a lot of people that earn good money in hospitality. I also know a lot of people that don't earn very good money in nine to fives. They fucking hate. So if he if he is really enjoying being a barista, like I loved Hospo. I don't know if any of you listening are baristas. I fucking love Hospo. It is so much fun. The issue for me was the hours and I didn't want to do it forever, but it was really fun. So if he really likes being a barista, he will probably earn like – a, the same amount of money as someone who is in a um, mid-level uh, white-collar job by the time he's 30, if that makes sense. Like I know what money I was on at my previous job. I know what money I could be earning at HOSPO and it wasn't that different. And people would have seen my job and my friend's jobs who were on probably less than HOSPO wages um, yearly as uh, – like a, like a quote unquote better career or a step in the right direction. But that's because it's, that's what we're kind of conditioned to think. Now I know what he earns. I don't know what you earn. I don't know anything about that, but I really do think this anxiety about that can be eased a little bit. I, I think that you can earn money in different ways. You don't have to be in a nine to five in an 
in an awful job that you fucking hate. Because at the end of the day, I think as well, hospitality is easier to um, hospitality is easier to be happy in. And maybe people disagree with me on this, but I think compared to a nine to five white collar job, if you don't love it, if you haven't chosen it, if you're not like if he's like, I don't want to do, and you're like, well, just do do marketing. He'll fucking hate it and he won't like it and then he'll end up not, not progressing his career. It sounds like he loves this. He's good at it. And that's something to really, that's something to really, really admire, I think. And I think you do admire that. I don't think you're taking it for granted at all. I think the way you're speaking about this, your fears don't come from him. They come from you. And I'm the exact same as you. I've had financial trauma in my past with my family. So I, no matter how much I could earn $100,000 a week and I would still be like, oh, do I, oh, fuck, do I buy that? Um, Do I buy that dress? I'm getting better at it now, but I'm the exact same as you where I, I, I wouldn't want to be with someone who I felt wasn't earning enough money for themselves to be self-sufficient just because I have that fear around like, oh God, it's all on me. Not because I'd be like, are they using me? And I think, I think by the sounds of it, you're the same. You're not like, oh, he's fucking using me. You're just like, ah, like I'm scared of money being gone, which I am as well. I know we all are to a certain degree, but I think when you grow up and you have financial trauma or financial issues in your family and you see how fucked it can get and how scary it is to not have money, then you overthink and you overplay. Like you right now in your head, you're like, in six years when we're married, he isn't going to be able to afford the cot. <laughs> like you're like, it's not like we're, we're going, we're going that far down the line, which may be the case, but he's got a job. He's motivated. He's good at it. I think when it comes to him, you shouldn't be worried. I think when it comes to you, we need to work out where that's coming from. I think you should talk to some people, talk to a therapist about it. Don't talk to him about it. I think it, this is the one time that I'm like, oh, I feel like it might be a little bit hard to talk about until you understand your own fears, unless you already have, which is fine. Um, but I think money is so, so, so tricky for women to talk about. I think it's very hard for us to say, oh, well, I'm earning this much money and I want someone else to have a part of that money because we're kind of conditioned to be like, well, you're a gold digger if you care about money. And I don't think you're sitting here being like, I want to marry someone with a yacht, daddy, which is fine if you want to do that. But I think being a there's a difference between being a gold digger and being money driven than being stability driven. And I just want stability as well. Like I just want someone who has enough money to support themselves. I can support myself and together, hopefully we can, you know, have a little family and and have enough money to go on. I've always said, all I wanted is to be able to own a house um, and go on a family holiday once a year. That's all the money that I want and really need is to be able to like, like live comfortably and, be able to go on a little family holiday up to like Nursa or something once a year. But that's, I don't think, I think anything beyond that isn't really conducive to happiness really, like genuinely. And I think you're on the same page as well. I think you just want to make sure that you're going to be safe. It isn't about you being bougie. It's about you being safe and protected, which is something that we all really, really want. Um, I, I, I do think, I was saying to my friends the other day, like I, now that I you know, I've always supported myself and I've always been like, I actually don't want, um, I will never have a joint bank account ever, ever, ever. I will never, uh, I think I may buy a house with someone maybe, 
Um, if I can afford it myself, I will buy the house. I'm never, because of this financial trauma, I'm never, ever, no one's coming near my money. I'm signing a prenup. Even if I'm earning like 40 grand a year, um, another person's on like 400 grand a year. Like I'm like, no, nah, because if so, like, I don't want money to be crossed over. I don't, I, and not even in the case of like, I don't want to take my money. I want, don't want to take their money either. Money for me is so, I want to manage my own shit. I never want someone that's financially irresponsible. So I understand this, like I'm getting like very fearful right now talking about like, I'm like holding my, my hands like, uh, like in a fist um, because of what my mum has been through with her financial situations and dickhead men. Um, so I don't, yeah, I, 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 I don't see an issue in you being worried about his future. But I think we need to start thinking about like these careers in hospital a little bit differently. Um, you can, if you're good at hospital, you can make fucking bank. You can also move into different roles like consulting roles and you can move into roles like people that um, sell alcohol to different bars and things like that. There's also different roles besides being a barista. He's 24. He's killing it. He's a manager. He loves his job. And I think that's the best thing out of all of it is he's good at his job and he loves his job. It isn't like he's like, oh, fuck this. I hate it. I work one day a week. I want to fucking die going into this place, which hospital can get to, every job can get to. But he enjoys it. And I think you need to think about it in a way that's like, what would I rather? Him love his job and be good at it. And maybe a little bit uncomfy about this financial thing, a little bit uncomfy. Or feel like it's more stable, him working in a corporate job that he fucking hates in like finance or something, let's say something really that just is very, you know, that he wouldn't enjoy. And him being upset and maybe earning an extra little bit a year, like a little bit extra a year um, that after tax doesn't end up being all that much. <laughs> Um, I'm just laughing at the time that I got $20,000 pay rise and I was so excited about it and it ended up being like an extra like couple hundred dollars a month. <laughs> Tragic after I graduated uni. But um, yeah, and you're working very hard on your master's. Um, I think maybe this comes from a fear as well as being the sole provider. Um, I get this too where I think, well, if, if I have my own money, it's okay. Then I think if I get pregnant, I'm fucked. Like if I get pregnant and I want to have a kid, like I want to be able to have time off without changing like our lifestyle. Whereas men can just go back. If the man is the, if the man is the breadwinner, they can go back to work. Um, and women can as well, but it's kind of frowned upon if you just go, okay, my husband's going to take care of the kid and then I'm going back to work. Obviously we all do what we want to do, but I would, I know if I had a kid, I'd want like a year off with it. If I still have my nine to five, if I work in nine to five again, I want a year off with whatever it is. Um, so yeah, it is, it is hard. There is a lot of gender um, dynamics in, in play here, but I think just remind yourself there's money to be made other ways than in a white collar job. And I think that we've been trained that the only way is to get a good, go to uni, get a good paying job, um, be educated and, and work your way up the ladder when there are so many different opportunities that come from different random things and in a career like hospitality as well, it's actually really flexible and it's like very fluid from my, my experience and from dating people that, that are managers in hospo and you know, it's actually, it's actually quite good and it's very social. And if that makes him happy, then it makes him happy and it will make you happy as well. But I don't think you're being unreasonable for being scared about this because of your family history and your family trauma. I don't, I, I am constantly scared about money constantly, like genuinely f actually fearful about money at all times. Um, 
I've like nightmares about it, like investment, I'm like, ah, was that money going to go? Um, so yeah, as someone who was equally as scared about money, um, and having financial trauma, babe, I totally get it. It's okay. You aren't a bad person. I think maybe talk to someone about, talk to your friends about it. Um, and don't be ashamed to say that like, I need some stability. If you were sitting here being like, I need a holiday home, I'd be like, yeah, it's, it's fine if that's what you want, but I think that's going to make you happy. I've had friends like that where I've been like, Jesus fucking Christ, that is not reasonable to want that and to dump someone because they can't give you that. But you're just saying I'm just scared about not being able to feed the baby. Like, you know, I think it being quite reasonable. I think it being fine. Um, but just chat to some people about it, feel better about it. Um, and also you're 24. He actually doesn't need to work out what he wants to do now. It's amazing that you know what you want to do now. That's fucking incredible. Yes, bitch. But he, yeah, if he doesn't know what he wants to do, he doesn't know what he want to do. And if he, if he's going to force himself into a career, he's going to fucking hate it. I mean, I did that. I forced myself into a career and I fucking hated it. And I also know a lot of people in certain careers that you may see as being stable who get fired randomly. Um, I mean, coronavirus is a huge, oh my God, coronavirus, the best example careers get upended all the time. There isn't really anything as a stable career um, unless you're a doctor, I guess, uh, or like, like a teacher or a nurse, like an essential worker, then you, you're pretty sweet. Um, but even then teachers are under contracts. Like every, everything is very, very unstable, particularly in this current climate. And if it's stability you're looking for, I understand. But if I think the most stable thing out of anything is having a career that you enjoy. And if you love what you do for work, then you're going to find work in that industry again. If he, there are people that I know that have gotten fired during coronavirus and, um, well, one person that's gotten fired during coronavirus and has changed their career completely. <laughs> so like, what a fucking perfect excuse to get out of the hellhole that is my office job. Like when things like this happen, if he loves his job, he'll go, great. Where do I find the next thing that I'm really good at? And that's going to be a different job in a different cafe. <sighs> All right. Well, I'm going to go. Hope you enjoyed today. Uh, email me, hello at itsalotpodcast.com for any questions, any comments, um, or DM me at itsalotpod uh, on Instagram. Although, actually, don't DM me. I regret saying that. Don't DM me. I never check that account. <laughs> All right. Bye. Love you. Bye.